from Relay FM, this is The Pen Addict, episode 174. The Pen Addict is a weekly show where we discuss pens, paper, and the analog tools we love so dearly. And this week, it is brought to you by The Pen Chalet. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by the man with the plan, Mr. Brad Dowdy. What's up, Michael Hurley? Nothing much, my man. How are you? Very good, very good, and I'm excited. We have a wonderful guest who I've been uh, chomping at the bit to get on the podcast for quite a while now, Mr. Chris Manning from Silverhand Studios. How's it going, Chris? Great. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, we, we appreciate you coming on. And uh, Chris and I, finally we had been we talked online for a, a while, and we finally met in person at the, the DC Pen Show. And, and Chris is a, a maker of fountain pens, and we're going to introduce everyone who is not familiar with Chris's work. We're going to introduce him to to what you do today. How's that sound? Sounds good to me. Yeah, so we're going to we're going to uh, get through a little bit of follow up here and then we'll get into everything that Chris does cuz it's I'm super interested to uh, kind of dig into all the things you're doing. Um, but first Mike, we we definitely opened up a, a big a, a good can of worms last week with all this adult coloring stuff. It's it's uh this is a monstrous thing, don't you think? I mean, with all the feedback that I got was just ridiculous, and I'm sure you got plenty too. And you're you're already well underway in your secret garden, right? That's oh, weird when you put it like that, but yeah, <laughs> I figured it would be. <laughs> I am. My, gonna... my book arrived. Uh, I posted a picture on Instagram um, of what I'd begun. I've actually done. So I'm going to put this picture in the show notes again. But I was I was doing more coloring today uh, for about an hour, while an hour or two, whilst I was editing something, um, mm-hmm. and so it's about twice as much as you'll see in the picture that's in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of perfect to do whilst editing podcasts. Yeah. It's perfect because I can just sit here and just color in. I'm still waiting for Colt pens to tell me when they're going to get this 30 pack in. Uh, the yeah. their 10 colors is not enough. I need 30 colors. Yeah. Uh, at least 20, but I need more than what I've got. The step, the, the Statler pens that I'm using, Statler pens that mm-hmm. I'm using, are pretty good. They, they do the job quite well. I think a couple of them feel like they might be drying out already, which is kind of weird. Um, mm-hmm. I expect that I can just work through that because yeah. I can't imagine that would be the case. So how's the bleed through on the page? Any bleeding or anything? I haven't started coloring in mine yet. Oh, man, the pages are like blocks of wood. You ain't getting yeah, nothing through those. That's what I thought. That's I what haven't I even bothered looking, but I know that uh, I know that it's not going to be an issue. I don't have my coloring book in front of me right now, though, mm. because yeah. it's in another room, because Adina took it before the show. <laughs> She's nice. started on another page, which isn't um, an issue, because I think it would take about six months for me to color one of these pages in. They are incredibly yeah. my, intricate. Uh, my kids are all over this. Um my daughter went and got her huge thing of colored pencils and my pencil sharpener and sharpened everything and uh just so she could help out with coloring so we're ready to get rolling on that i feel like i want like i want uh, i i like this book a lot it's beautiful but i feel like i want something that's not nature yeah that's why i was trying to wait till the ocean one but i couldn't wait a month so yeah so, Chris, do you take when you're doing your designs for your your pin barrels? They're very intricate and very detailed. Do you ever print them out in black and white and just sit at home and color them? Oh, you know that I start on pen and paper before I do anything else. So I've already been sketching those, you know, long before I I ever get onto a computer. So I don't color them in, but yeah, I, I sketch <laughs> a lot. I don't understand you guys and your your coloring. 
I, we don't we screen. don't either this just became a thing like last week um I've, I've, i have learned a couple things mike one the about the pens um they're saying i got several comments to make sure we don't use like alcohol-based markers which the ones we're using are not but um any of them that are alcohol-based will bleed bleed through a lot more um and number two don't go to barnes and noble and ask where the adult coloring books are that's not going to end <laughs> well for anybody are they are there books that I don't want to see or would want to see depending <laughs> on my persuasion <laughs> that's true that's true but oh, uh, okay. yeah I, I did I did get that tip I did that was that was a very uh, excellent tip uh, so that's not the only thing you got in last week you got your Shenandoahs which is actually pretty quick for you it's usually no, they, like no they arrived this morning <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> not quick <laughs> okay okay I was thinking like you know I get mine then it's usually sometimes like two weeks later that your show up yeah, it was so, uh, pretty much that. So what are your thoughts? Um, so they are very simple, but they're more beautiful um, than I expected. Um, and mm. I think they're kind of beautiful in their simplicity. They really do remind me of Field Notes, you know, Prime, I guess, if you'd call yeah. it that. <clears throat> sure. Um, but I like them a lot. I think the colors are, are really great. The color combos are really great. They're very autumn. Uh, mm. I love the wooden belly band. Nice touch. Um, I think that's I think that's a really nice touch on these. The covers are they are strong. Yeah. They haven't done one like this in a while. No. Uh the paper's really good. Um it's smooth. Uh it has a little bleed through with broad. Um but aside, I was using a couple of fountain pens and with fine uh and even medium to a point, like they're they're totally fine with fountain pens. So I have no issue there. Uh I think they're a really nice they're a really nice set. Um, they're not going to be top of my lists, but they're going to mm. be, you know, be they'd be firmly sit in the middle um, yeah. because I think that they are really, uh, they're just a really solid set. Um, they put some good thought into it, like with the way that the colors are. Um, I like the leaves. I like the badges. Um, I like the little card, the little hello card that popped out mm. in the middle of the thing, which is quite funny. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think this is this is a really nice um, autumn set. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a very straightforward set in which i really enjoy yeah so yeah I th- i'm happy with them i think that they're a, they're a good purchase they're probably still available uh so oh yeah i recommend them i recommend them yeah chris when you're when you're sketching out um your plans for world domination in the fountain pen world what co- what kind of uh tools are you using paper wise pen wise what are you what are you sketching in um mostly a very very fine tipped fountain pen mm-hmm Mike uh, Masayama did a needlepoint pen for me a couple of years ago, and I'm using the Miss Your Notebooks lately. Uh, okay, those yeah. I've been happy with. Yep. Yeah, I find the uh, the field notes are a little bit too small for me, certainly yeah, for sketching. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Now, what kind of uh, related to our our next little uh, little follow up here? What kind of uh, workspace do you have? Do you do you spread out? Do you hole up on the couch when you're <laughs> when you're sketching? Uh, I, I think I've seen some pictures uh, of the workshop, but I, I'm talking about how uh, Mike and I talked about our ideal workspace and our friend Sean Blanc had a, a link we'll have in the show notes for your ideal workspace. And he's talking about how he wants this massive, gigantic table. It's kind of along the lines of what I was looking at. Do you have a, like in your shop, are you just like full bore working around machinery or do you have like a little space set off to the side where the sketching happens? What's the setup like in there? I wish I had the space to have a, a <laughs> sketching station. Anybody who sees my shop, it is a complete disaster. And my office is not much better. 
So okay. I, I don't basically I grab whatever flat surface I can when it comes to sketching. Nice, nice. All right. So we this was an interesting article we got this uh this week sent to me, Mike. I don't know if you had a chance to read it, and I don't know, Chris, if you read it. It's a little bit uh, you know, I, I don't uh you know, fully get it, but I, I trust Dave Ray implicitly, and it's the article is called "The Polarizing Truth: Why Your Twisby Eco Won't Break." So he basically uh, put it under a what is this cross polarizer stress analysis: the Twisby Eco Barrel versus the Twisby Five Eighty Barrel. And I'll let y'all check out the link if you haven't seen it already. But he basically can view the stress points in the two different barrels and. You know, as you you would kind of assume in in a rounded barrel uh, as opposed to a faceted barrel, there'd be less uh, stress points, and that kind of bears out in uh, Dave's analysis. It's just kind of cool. We don't normally, I can't imagine like three or four years ago seeing an article like this. Can you, Mike? No, not at all. Yeah, we. I don't like... completely understand the science. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I should, but I don't fully understand it. But this is one of those things, like. I understand and agree with what Dave has put forward, but my right. my feeling with these types of things always remains, which is like, and as Dave kind of sums it up at the bottom, it's just two pens right. like, out of however many. So sure. you never really know how it's going to end up being. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's, you know, people who have had their, their Twisbees continually break, they won't care. And people who haven't, they won't care either. But I just thought the analysis in general was, was pretty good. You know, I'm a, I'm a huge Twisby fan and, uh, mm-hmm. you're back and forth, uh, uh, admittedly. And, uh, that's, that's good too. I just thought to myself when I'm reading this, it's like when I was getting into pens, you know, we were like trying to find like this micro gel fountain pen from Japan, uh, a micro gel tip pen from Japan. And now we're like doing <laughs> cross polarization stress of fountain pen barrels. I'm just, I'm really amazed at this community these days and uh, the things everyone comes up with. And I'm, I'm so impressed. And I love seeing articles like this. It just kind of um, takes what we talk, uh, talk about and then just blows it up, you know, a thousand fold. It's really fun to see. Yeah, for sure. All right. So, out of the 23 best pins for your home and office, Mike, how many do you have? Go. I scrolled through this list earlier, <laughs> and uh, it reminded me of, you remember a couple of weeks ago, like it, it, this, this this article breaks down homes for office, where is this? Gear Patrol, right? And, Gear Patrol, uh, yeah. Yep, <clears throat> and they're kind of looking at, yeah, the supply closet, the everyday carry, uh, the mm-hmm. executive. And it just, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but it reminded me, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was saying about the perfect executive pens, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, there are some pens that, like, just scream executive, like cross pens is what I was talking right. about. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think it was when we were talking about the Star Wars stuff. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I mean, so- I don't know how many of these I actually own, Uh probably not a lot of them and the ones that i do own they're probably not high up on my list in most instances yeah actually i don't normally bring up articles like this because they're generally pretty bad this one's pretty good yeah there's a lot of good stuff on here like there is like you know fisher space pen pilot metropolitan like you know you've got some good stuff on here but usually these things tend not to have a massive cross-section of what we would say at a 23 pence for the home office Right, right. So I'm, I'm thinking I should probably do like a, uh, like a, uh, not a counter article because I thought this article was pretty good, but something related, you know, come up with my, you know, 23 or some whatever number, something like this. Um, 
you know, I mean, I have the top five list. It probably needs updating, um, but it's it's pretty static these days. Um, but I I was actually impressed with this article with the things that they came up with. And, uh, you know, Gear Patrol, uh, you know, I've known some guys at Gear Patrol over the years and they actually do um, give a crap about pens and paper and things like that. So it's nice to see an article that's not filled with, you know, Bix and paper mates and, you know, things like that, that you just go grab at Staples. There is actually some thought and consideration into this. And it, it was, it was pretty cool to see. I've actually used most of the pens on here. Um, there's a handful I haven't, uh, and probably never will, but I thought it was pretty good. So Chris, when you're, when you're not using a fountain pen, is there ever a time where, you're not. I mean, are you are you ever grabbing some other gel ink pen? Do you ever take a Fisher Space pen on the road, or or are you straight all fountain pens all the time? What kind of blasphemy is this? I thought it was a <laughs> show. from the guy that I know from the guy that sells fountain pens. You know, I only write with fountain pens. Yeah, you're a professional. We're not maybe a pencil, here. maybe, but okay. no, no, no. I don't write with sticks. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, we're gonna have that. We're gonna have that. Um, we're gonna have that podcast battle soon, hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> with our pitchforks. All right. So, a couple last things, and then we're gonna get into the nuts and bolts of Silverhand Studios with Chris. Um, but I wanted to point out our good friend Ian at um, PenPaperPencil.net is doing this really cool auction. Um, he bought. He backed us, Mike, um, last year or this year, earlier this year for the. Uh, Mike travels to the Atlanta pin show. And we made the special Notco case with the Union Jack tag and everything. The High Tower, and the High Tower doesn't fit Ian's normal carry. Um, he carries, you know, other things uh, differently. So he emailed me a couple weeks ago. He said, "Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think?" And you know, I, I only want to do it with your support. And what he wanted to do was uh, put this case up on eBay for anyone who was unable to get it, and then donate the proceeds. Um, to charity, in this case, uh, the UK's Multiple Sclerosis Society. And I was like, absolutely, man. I think that's a great thing. And I told him I would promote it here on the on the podcast. So, you know, the uh, we'll have the link in the show notes to get to it. Um, you know, the auction's already going on eBay. I think it's got about five days left. We're already up to 46 pounds, which is a great... Um, it's great to see, you know, this money's going to go straight to, to charity. And I appreciate Ian um, involving me in this and uh, offering up this case uh, to do that. So y'all please check it out. And if you're interested, um, the, all the money goes to a great cause. And and uh, I appreciate Ian for doing that. Definitely. Please go ahead and bid. Yes, I, I've bid and I've been outbid. So now I'm going to have to, uh, I don't I don't have one of these cases. So uh, yeah, I, I, would, I would pay up to uh, get a case and have the money go to charity. I'm all about it. So... Well, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll probably jump back in there here pretty soon. And one last thing, um, knock related, Jeff, um, did a post on the Notco blog titled, well, that went by quickly. And it's been two years since we lost, launched our Notco Kickstarter. Can two you believe years? that, Mike? When two I years. saw this post, like I read it, I, I must've missed that. Cause I thought, I thought, oh, it's been a year. Nope. <laughs> yeah. So to Jeff's point, it went by fast, didn't it? Wow. So I just wanted to point that out. Jeff did a, I didn't even know Jeff was doing it. I woke up and, uh, and saw a link to this article in my, in my feed reader. And I was like, oh man, that's so nice. Jeff did a, Jeff's a, a very thoughtful gentleman that, that way. Uh, I, I know Chris can vouch, vouch for that as well. Uh, you know, we were fortunate to be able to spend a lot of time with, uh, with Chris in DC. Uh, yeah, it was great meeting the, Jeff. Yeah. Especially in the bar area. 
Um, it's our, our favorite hangout. <laughs> so uh, we have that. We pop that link in the show notes. Um, everyone check it out. And, you know, it's basically, you know, we're just so grateful for everything that's happened so far and, and thankful for everyone that's that's supported us. And uh, it's a big deal. And uh, there's more to come. So uh, thank you. You do work so differently to me and Steven. I, if we do, <laughs> we have a, yeah. yeah, we have a, a good relationship that way. Yeah. Like not that there is like mistrust or anything between me and Steven, but like mm-hmm. if something's going to go on the blog, I'll see mm-hmm. it before he puts it up or vice yeah. versa, you know? And it's yeah. not one way isn't right. And sure. one way isn't wrong. It's just funny. Like how differently you guys work. Well, I'll be perfectly honest. If I was up during the day, I would be more involved in that. <laughs> Not, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense now. The difference yeah. is that you two, are, like, at least there is a time where me and Stephen are overlapping, but like, it's basically right. not at all for you and Jeff. Right, <clears throat> right, right. So, yeah, that's a lot of it. All right, well, let's talk about uh, one of our good friends of the podcast, and then uh, we'll get into some some Silverhand Studios work. This week's episode is brought to you by the Pen Chalet. You know the Pen Chalet. They have great deals on all of your favorite brands like Monteverde, Pelican, Lamy, Pilot, Namiki, Sailor, Cafeco. They're an authorized dealer of all of them, and they sell rollables, fountain pens, ballpoints, mechanical pencils. They also sell uh, pen holders. They sell accessories. They sell refills, fountain pen converters, uh, everything you could ever want over at Pen Chalet. They have very fast and reliable customer service. They have free shipping on orders of over $50 in the continental United States and also have great uh, shipping rates internationally as well. And don't forget if you order from Pen Chalet and sometimes the currency will be on your side and you end up with, uh, with a pretty sweet deal there. They're always doing uh, special discounts. They have twice a month. They run specials and they have closeout specials every two weeks. They have a great mailing list to subscribe to and you'll get all of those delivered straight into your inbox. I always have a, a nice time perusing the deals over on Pen Chalet. Pen Chalet are known for and we love them for their high quality pens that they offer with a 100% satisfaction guarantee and we've seen that in action many times in the past so head on over to penchalet.com and use the code penaddict to save 10% on any order or click the podcast link at the top of the website and enter the password penaddict for even more savings as well as your 10% off and this week you will be able to get yourself the pelican 215 rollable black rectangle at 50% off now i haven't heard of this pen before brad have you I have not, um, and I've been looking at it here, and it's interesting because I've been – a lot of people that aren't into fountain pens still want, like, a really nice writing instrument to, you know, to show off, you know, have a nice – you know, we talk about the office pen or the business pen, and, you know, I've talked about the uh, the Mont Blanc, you know, problem where you spend all that money on, you know, just maybe not the best writing experience pen, but this looks like a really cool um, – rollerball and i'm wondering how these refills are i've never used a pelican rollerball so someone let us know how these refills are because the design of this pen is actually pretty cool and um it's something i might be interested in at least trying out and uh like reviewing just so we can kind of all get a better picture of what this type of pen is like and you know what the style is but um i'm certainly interested in uh and i've never seen this barrel design before the squares uh, on it it's very very cool so yeah i'm gonna uh read up on this one and uh my interest is peaked that's for sure 
Yeah, it's a fantastic deal. It's a really interesting design. I agree, Brad. I really like the look of this. I've never seen a, a Pelican that looks like this before. And uh, you will be able to get it 50% off, which is fantastic once you uh, get the great Pen Addict listener-only discount uh, by going to penchalet.com and using the Pen Addict code when you hit that top button. And then when you get to checkout, you want to use the Pen Addict coupon code there as well, and you will make sure you get all of the savings and you'll be getting yourself one of those beautiful Pelicans for 50% off. Thank you so much, as always, to the Pen Chalet for sponsoring this very show all right so chris let's get into some silver hand studio stuff i want to know how did this happen like how did how did this get started this isn't like something you just like you know you wake up one day and say oh, i'm gonna start making jeweled fountain pens so give us give us the backstory of how how silver hand studio started and um what all you're doing yeah silver hand studios was a ways away from when i First started getting into making things, uh, started making jewelry, I guess around 2000. A friend of mine was teaching me how to, how to make jewelry in my spare time. I was an IT geek and I was bored of just working on virtual computers on the other side of the planet. So started making some things like this in my, in my spare time. And, uh, you know, early on I, I focused on learning a lot of, um, a lot of weird, um, old techniques for jewelry making. And uh, eventually I realized I could start making the pens that I couldn't afford to buy. And, uh, and so that's how the Silverhand Studios started. And in uh, 2007, I, I started it as a business. So were you into pens at all before or oh yeah, did you just kind of, yeah. So you, you were into pens and you took this jewelry making and you kind of applied it to, you know, something that you wanted to use for yourself, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I've been making, I've been using a fountain pen since I was a kid. Uh, I, I had bad hand cramps writing in high school with, uh, with sticks. So I ended up um, getting my mom's fountain pen and uh, that, you know, that sort of solidified me using them. I, I've never gone back since then. And uh, yeah, this this allowed me to start making uh, start making the ones that I wanted. So I, I'm fascinated with like the very beginning. Like, so you were you were making jewelry, kind of you know learning your way through that, right? You were working with someone, and then what? I can't imagine what like the trial and error to get like your first product out there. What what, what was that process like? It, it just seems like. It seems daunting to me, to be yeah. perfectly honest with you. Looking at your work now, it's so impressive, and I've been able to honestly you know, the hold first and use some couple of the years. Pens. Yeah, the first couple of years were miserable, and and some of those early pens were absolutely hideous. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't fob those off on anyone now. Um, <laughs> they were they were pretty bad. Um, so yeah, it took uh, I'd say it probably took about two two and a half years before I had something that I was happy enough with that I'd I'd actually sell it to somebody. Wow. That that's that's amazing to me. That just putting in the that time and effort to to get through that. Why so were you let, doing let's... it at that point? Like, were you doing it as a hobby, or were you doing it yeah. to learn to be a business? No, it was entirely it was entirely hobby at that point. And uh, fortunately, I was laid off from my IT job in the middle of two thousand nine, and so I sat down and said, "Well, somebody's paying me to sit around and do nothing for a while." Let's uh, let's see if I can do something with a business, and uh, I haven't looked back since. Wow, that's awesome! Yeah, that's really awesome. So let's let's talk about the process of making one of your pens. Sure. Okay, so you make you make the barrels, 
You know, I make absolutely everything on the pen except for the nibs, the feeds, and the cartridge converter. Everything else I make gotcha. myself. Gotcha, gotcha. So full barrel, full, full outside. So, you know, looking at just like the silver overlay pens, for mm-hmm. example, um, walk me through the process, like from the design, because your designs are very intricate. I like, I love that pattern style of work. Is there, is there a name for that? Is that something that you're, you know, constantly looking to, you know, create something new along those lines? Is this kind of a set thing? How, do, how does, how does your design process work as far as um, creating one of these pens. So one of the traditions in jewelry making for the past several thousand years has been taking inspirations from architecture and working them into jewelry. So I, I've continued that. There's some great architecture out there and it, the stuff that we recognize and we love is withstood the test of time. And in, in the case of the overlays, that's all based on Gothic architecture. So if you take a look at all of that, it's, it's actually based on uh, wooden frames from um, or wooden um, uh, panels from a house in Dresden uh, that was built in the early 15th century. And that's all relief work that was originally in that house. And so I've just taken that information and, you know, I've all those designs and I've distilled them down into something that works on a pen. And that's the most challenging part of that designing is, is taking taking those elements and, and working them into uh, into something as small as a pen. So how does the overlay process work, right? I mean, I understand manufacturing a pen barrel, mm. right? But then how does the, how are you making essentially the the silver, the metals part of it? I, I don't, I don't grasp this at all. <laughs> it's all black magic, Brad. It's all black <laughs> magic. And you can never learn. <laughs> I've, I've, I've been around you in person, and I don't doubt that. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, it's, some, of it is, some of it is close to black magic and sorcery. So that, that's using a technique that, again, is thousands of years old. It's a lost wax casting technique. So I start out with uh, a wax barrel. And in my case, I'm using a computer-controlled mill to mm-hmm. machine that into a wax original. And every single pen, I have to make a new wax original. I, you lose, as the name suggests, lost wax casting. You lose the original wax. So every single one of those pens is unique and and was made originally from you know that that wax barrel. And then I do all the casting myself. And uh, from there, I then you know do the clean up, the polish. And mounted on top of the acrylic barrel that I turned. I'm I'm shaking my head here, Mike. I. It's mind-boggling what 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 goes into this. How how long does one pen take? I mean, I know you don't make them in ones. I'm sure you make. I think you make them like in batches of ten. Is kind of how you're you're set up. To well, do. I so I I make a limited edition of ten of anything. Ten in silver and one in gold. But mm-hmm. I will only really ever make four or five pens at any one time. And, you know, something like those overlays, those are, those are pretty fast for me in terms of, you know, compared to some of my other pens. So that might take me two or three weeks to make one of those pens. Uh, some of the more complicated ones might take me five or six weeks from start to finish. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's, that's really impressive. So are you doing this? Is, are you doing this full time? I mean, is this, is this Chris Manning? This is a full time job for me. Oh yeah. This is a full time job for me. That's awesome. So, how has your your work been received, like in the fountain pen community? I know we met in in DC, and you know you've 
have you done other pin shows? Are you, how are you getting the word out about Silverhand and, and what's the feedback been like uh, in the community? Feedback has been great. It's tough when you see these things online or when you see them in print uh, because it's, it's tough to get a sense of them, right? You know, yeah. from having picked them up, they're heavy pens, they're solid silver. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you just can't get with, you know, when you're looking at it on a, on a page. Right. So I've done the, uh, the LA pen show a few times and the DC pen show a few times. And, uh, I guess the Toronto pen show, since that's my local one. Gotcha. And, um, and so people, you know, again, when they see them in person, it's, uh, you get a great reaction because the first thing that everybody says is, wow, this is a heavy pen. But mm-hmm. unlike a lot of the the other big heavy pens that are out there, I, I made sure that it was something that you could write with. So a right. lot of people, I suspect, when they buy these, they're gonna you know they're gonna collect them, they're gonna stick them in a safe or whatever. But right. they are fully intended to be something that you can write with every day. So yeah, I got the chance to use the Gothic overlay and to to hold it. It was not nearly as heavy as I thought it would be. It's a very comfortable writing pen. I mean, it very much so. Like. That one's reasonable. Yeah, I, I actually made one of the goals behind making that overlay was to make a pen that was a bit lighter than my other ones. Mm-hmm. If you look at something like the Jaipur or the the um, Taj Mahal pen, those yeah. are solid silver, so they you know they weigh three ounces, right. and you know which is a, a heavy pen. That um, that overlay is a third of that weight, and so it's a, a little bit more reasonable for most people. Yeah, so I, I got to hold the the Jaipur for sure, and you pick that up, and you're just like, wow, this is serious right here. This is what you you know you carry when you're walking down the alley at, at night, you know, just in case you need it. Um, and, well, you uh, know, if somebody tries to steal it from you, it doubles up as a weapon. Right? <laughs> but it it's stunningly beautiful. I, how does the pattern work on like the the Jaipur and the Taj Mahal? Because those are a little bit different layouts than the the Gothic, Gothic overlay. What is that? What are those patterns coming from and how are they getting uh, onto the pen? So that was, uh, those designs came from a trip I made to India a few years ago. And uh, the Jaipur was based on a marble pattern in the, the wall. It was in a, in this, uh, in the Red Temple in, uh, in Jaipur. And so I, f- I saw this great black and white uh, marble pattern and grabbed, you know, grabbed a bunch of photos of it. And um, and so that that's how I I came about that the the Taj Mahal one as the name suggests that's actually a, a textural element from the Taj Mahal. There's actually photos up on the uh, on the site of the original the original marble work that I got these from. Mm. And in the case of those pens, uh, those are again machined out of a solid piece of wax, and the designs are are milled into the wax. And wow, the black material that's in there is another metal that I inlay into the silver. It's actually a, another silver alloy called uh, Niello. And it has a little bit of uh, copper, a little bit of silver, a little bit of lead and sulfur in it. And the sulfur makes it black all the way through. So that that's not just a surface texture that's on there. That That's black the entire way through that metal. All right, so now my mind's officially blown. I, I didn't understand how those pins were made. That's fascinating. I, I don't even know how you... <laughs> You do this. I'm like, my jaws drop now. So what what type of materials? I mean, all these are basically silver, right? But what other materials yep. do you use? What kind of challenges do you have with these types of materials? Are there materials you can't that you've experimented with? You can't make a pen out of, um, you know, is there things that work, work best for certain situations? Talk about some of the materials you, you use on, on these pens. 
Yeah, so the base material that I'm using is always silver. And in this case, I'm using a, a particular silver alloy called Argentium. Uh, it's got a little bit of germanium in it, which mm-hmm. makes it harder and it doesn't uh, doesn't tarnish as quickly. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons that I went to that was because it is harder. It's It's more durable for this kind of thing. But the trick is, as you say, is finding other materials that work well with it. So things like the Niello I, I use because it's got great contrast and it looks spectacular. It's also something that people don't use a lot anymore. It's been used for 6,000 years, but you don't get a lot of people uh, working with it anymore. Uh, the acrylics, I've been starting to experiment a little bit. Uh, we'll talk about in a minute with some mm. some acrylics and some um, antique gas uh, or um, celluloid, things like that. Um, on top of that, I've also done work in uh, enamel, which is a real nightmare to work in. Anytime you see mm. real hard enamel, it's extremely challenging to make and to, to work with. Um, so that, you know, that's, there are always challenges with any of those, any of those new uh, materials, but some things work well, some things don't. It just depends on, you know, on, on what, uh, on how it feels afterwards and whether it's, uh, uh, whether it's durable enough to, to hold up to being a pen. So now this is a random question, but I, I've, I've been thinking, but do you monitor the ore prices in silver, gold, everything prices on the on the market for when you're making purchases of of this because this is not cheap to get into i mean that's is that a daily thing for you when you know what when you're buying you know i'm buying silver by the kilo i I Mm -hmm. don't you know and and it's it gets expensive so when when i see the price of silver like today it dropped down 58 cents an ounce or whatever that's when i start paying attention it's it's pretty cheap right now uh, as as silver goes uh, back in 2008 it was up at 48 49 dollars an ounce now it's down to 15 so it's it's pretty reasonable but yeah it's it's a real problem and one <laughs> of the reasons why i don't do more work in gold is just because it's astronomically expensive nobody wants to yeah. to pay for that wow all right so let's talk about this new pin that that you alluded to mike what do yeah. you what do you what do you think about this i sent you the link right before the show and we were both kind of oohing and on so so chris has released uh some preview images of something he's working on uh just for this show so i, I put that in the chat room we'll have it in the show notes so mike what are your first thoughts on this thing it's stunning and it i don't i can't work out what it's made of yeah so so walk <laughs> us walk us through this chris because i said the same thing i'm it was kind of jaw dropping i mean the the work you do with the silver pens is it blows my mind because I just can't fathom all the work and time and effort that goes into something like that. It's so impressive. And then you drop this pen on us. What's this? Does this pen have a name yet? It doesn't have a name yet. That's something I have to I have to figure out still. And it doesn't have a cap, as you can see. I'm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I'm working on a new technique for making the cap. It'll be in silver. And uh, I'm working on a, a technique called deep drawing, which will allow me to make it from silver or from flat sheet and draw it down into the into the tube shape that I need. The uh, the barrels are they came out of a weird situation where I had bought a um, I bought a couple of blanks from the old Conway Stewart stock. A friend of mine wanted a pen made in in um, the lapis, and so I bought up a bunch of it and just said, oh, you know, let's let's try it out, see how it looks, and and, and I was happy with the look of it. And so I decided to start playing around with it a little bit. And um, this design is actually based off of an antique sailor pen. And, you know, I wanted to try something a little bit different and and make something a bit lighter that 
that uh, was more comfortable for, for the average person to write with. So the the ones that you see up on there, the lapis, the blue one is is a Conway Stewart stock. Uh, the one on the the right is a uh, celluloid acetate that was made in the 30s. Uh, so I'm going to try and find some more of that stuff and and play around with this. This is going to give me a chance to sort of experiment with, you know, the odd thing that I find that's that's not, you know, that's not just metal. Mm-hmm. Well, I, these are a knockout. I mean, I, I really, really love the style, the shape, um, the materials uh, of this. And I can't wait to see what the, the finished product is. And I'm reading the, the description here. You're, so you mentioned a, a minute ago you're going to be in Toronto. You, you'll think you'll be done, uh, have these ready for the Toronto pen show? Absolutely. Yeah, these, these are pretty close to being done. One of, the, one of the problems with doing all of this stuff yourself is the ups and downs of, of you know, developing these new techniques. So I, I was in the shop late last night and trying to get these, uh, these barrels done and managed to, uh, you know, to, to destroy some of the tooling that I needed to make the, the dies <laughs> ah. for the, the cap. <laughs> Jeez Louise. You know, so that's the, that's the trouble with, with doing this stuff yourself. How do you right? destroy tooling? Like that yeah, sounds like an explosion went off. It did, yeah, it was. Yeah, uh, safety glasses are critical in my shop. Something blew up. Exactly. Like most people go to work, <laughs> and you know they're gonna, you know they're gonna knock their feet. They're gonna, you know, maybe bump into a wall or something like that. I, there's equipment in my shop that will tear your arm off. So you have to pay attention, and and yeah. But uh, yeah, so last night was not a not one of my better nights in terms of getting things done. <laughs> <laughs> well, glad you survived to make it to the recording today. Jeez. Oh yeah, yeah. We didn't need this from the emergency room. So the the chat room <laughs> wants to know what uh, where are you sourcing your nibs? I'm getting all my nibs through uh, through Franklin Christoph. I'm a huge fan of the Yovo nibs, and uh, I'm also a huge fan of the work that Mike Masayama does. Uh, all of my own personal pens have all been customized by Mike, and um, and so. I, you know, it's just great for me to be able to get that stuff straight through uh, through the folks over at Franklin Christoph. Yeah, they're awesome. I love those nibs. I could tell by the uh, image in the picture, but I just wanted to validate with you um, before I mentioned that. Absolutely. But it looks, I mean, those nibs are great. I mean, I talk about them all the time. Um, I always have something uh, with one of their nibs, either one of their pens or something else uh, I've moved the nib over into yep. because um, they, they work in all kinds of things in there. Do a great job on the stock nibs and the muscle. They're the nibs. only steel nibs that I've been I've been happy enough with that I would actually write with one. Uh, I, I put gold mm-hmm. nibs in all of my own in all the pens that I sell, but uh, right. even the steel nibs are spectacular. So yeah, right. I, right. If you're ever looking for a good nib, guys, go out and and uh, pick those up. Yeah, I agree. Agree wholeheartedly. Chris, this so, looks like a a different. Well, it is a completely different um, manufacturing process. Uh, is it easier than than the silver stuff? Yeah, yeah, it's a lot faster. Is that why you're doing this? Like, are you trying to like diversify a little bit and maybe move into some different kind of areas and price ranges? Well, let's be realistic. I, most of the pens that are on my site are outside of the range of the average pen collector, right? There, most people are not spending three thousand dollars on a pen, and um, they are time consuming. So it's it's also one of those things that I I couldn't actually make you know, 200 or 300 of those a year, right? I, I just don't have the time. Mm-hmm. So this this gives me something to experiment with a little bit. They're faster for me to make. They're a little bit more cost-effective for people to buy. And, um, you know, so that that's a, that's definitely a factor. The the cost is always, you know, whenever I, people pick up my pens, they love them, but they just, you know, they couldn't justify buying them. And uh, 
This is something I was interested in because you know you mentioned you do this full time. Where do your customers come from? All over the place. Uh, fortunately, the uh, the internet's allowed me to get in touch with with people that are you know that are all over the world. Uh, publications like Penworld, you know, anybody who's serious about collecting uh, limited edition pens, are they're reading Penworld. So you know, I've had my my stuff in there. Um, Again, being in front of people at, at pen shows, the LA show and the DC show, if, if anybody has a chance to, to actually go to those shows, they're an incredible opportunity to get to see this stuff in person. And especially from the custom pen makers. The, one of the challenges with all this stuff as a, as a custom maker is, is just getting in front of people. Of course, you can go down to a, a well-stocked pen store and see, you know, your Pelicans and, and your Mont Blancs and, and everything. But, you know these custom pens; they're they're tough to find. So, the uh, the pen shows are a great great place for me to uh, to meet people. Yeah, and that that was uh, that's always the biggest highlight for me. You know, when we go to something like that, never being to DC before. Um, you know, I I agree wholeheartedly with that. And you get to hold and like, you know, just being able to check out one of your pens is just it's you know worth the trip just so you can know you know what it's like you know in case there's an opportunity later you know it's it it's a long game right you know especially yeah. you know at, at your price point you know you you get interested and you just kind of you you build it up and you're able to to use it and you know you know later you know if that's something you're going to be interested in purchasing absolutely so, you know some of the people that are that are out buying them you know i had people that walk around the show for four days and eventually come back and and there are other people who hmm. you know they try my pens and I hear from them six, nine, 12 months later and they're exactly. saying, oh, I saw that pen at a show and I loved it and I want to buy it. Exactly. So you've got this new product coming out. What what else is in the future plans for Silverhand Studios? Uh, it should be a custom, a new uh, limited edition pen, sorry, coming out uh, hopefully by the end of the year. So I've got that uh, got that on the docket and uh, I've got a few new design ideas for next year. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what comes out. I'd love to get into doing some watches. But we'll see. That's uh, that's probably not a 20, 2016 thing. That'll probably be uh, mm-hmm. you know a little bit in the future. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, Chris, this has been eye opening for sure. Um, I love the products. I love hearing about the process. Um, I don't want you to hurt yourself making these pens, though. So I'll be checking up on you to make sure you've made it through the day. Um, you know, very frequently, I'll check in on you, make sure nothing's blown up in your face. Um, Mike, do you have any, anything to add? No, I mean, what's, what do you think's the best thing for somebody to do, Chris? Like, do you, would you suggest if somebody likes what they see to, to contact you before necessarily buying, like, what would you do? Or would you say, you know, it's best to maybe see your stuff in person if possible? What what do you think? Well, having a conversation is always important. I, you know, that's, that's the first thing that that I do with everybody. I, I I don't have people just adding stuff to the cart and and buying it. (laughs) Uh, you know, it's not like uh, not like Penn Chalet, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I have a conversation with everybody before they, they buy the, sh- the pens. It is a lot of money and it is something that you're investing in that's going to be around for hundreds of years. So, mm-hmm. you know, you need to make sure that it's it's the right thing for you. It's certainly mm-hmm. helpful to be able to see it in person. Um, so do you do, you do straight up custom work? Like one off? I don't anymore. Now I used okay. to do some custom work, but I I don't anymore. I, I have too many too many of my own design ideas, and mm-hmm. um, I, you know I can keep my plate full with with the work that I'm doing. That's awesome. Yeah, 
I love hearing that. Well, I'm really pleased that you're able to to make a living from this because it's kind of it's kind of crazy. Like you it know, is. Uh, like you know, someone says to you like ten years ago, you're gonna make your living selling uh, handmade pens that cost over a thousand dollars a piece. You probably think you're crazy, right? Like, you know? Absolutely. Well, <laughs> people people do think I'm crazy. It's, uh, you know, it's it's a different <laughs> it's a different world and it's a different thing that I'm doing, but it it yeah. it works and that's uh, yeah. Well, I've I've hung out with Chris in person. I can verify he is definitely not crazy. He is a, a legitimately good guy. And I enjoyed my time uh, with him in D.C. And I certainly enjoyed the time that we had on this show. And, and we appreciate you making the time out for us. Of course. And we'll, we'll have to do it again uh, in the future. You know, maybe when these new pins release or, you know, when something else is uh, coming new down the, the pipeline, we'll get you back on and talk about it. Because uh, absolutely loved having you. Loved having you. And I think uh, the listeners are going to enjoy Honestly, this. you guys have, have barely scratched the surface of uh, of what it is that I'm doing and, and some of the, the neat things that are going on in the shop. Yeah, I think I think that's a good starting point because, like, all the stuff you're saying was just blowing my mind. And if that's, like, the uh, the 101 level stuff, you know, we're we're in trouble. We got some homework to do, Mike. <laughs> let's go make some pens Brad. <laughs> all right we'll work on that all right well thank you chris and uh get us out of here mike and we'll uh we'll get this up for everyone to listen if you want to find chris's work head on over to silverhandstudios.com there'll be links in the show notes too including a link to the the little pen addict listener preview uh over at relay.fm slash pen addict slash 174 if you want to find uh links to uh everything that brad does head on over to penaddict.com he is pen addict on uh, the instagram and he is dowdyism on twitter d-o-w-d-y-i-s-m and i am i mike i m y k e on twitter and instagram too so thank you so much for listening thank you to pen Chalet for sponsoring and we'll be back next time until then say goodbye brad goodbye brad <laughs>